0: This is Dawn Shireen. This is my podcast, Dance Women Bipolar. So it's another week down, and um, I'm somewhat better than I was last week when I was just literally ready to lose my mind. Um, There was so much stuff going on, and there was just so much much, uh, disorganization, I guess is the best way to put it, that I... I was just, well, if you listen to last week's show, you know I was ready to just run, run anywhere, run far, and run fast, and, um, you know, legitimately that would have got me nowhere quicker, and I did not, you know, and I wound up having to apologize to a whole bunch of people, and eating crow, and, um, you know, having people come to me after the fact and them also kind of semi-apologize, um, although I did never get the actual full apology that, you know, I thought maybe I could, that I had coming, but, um, due to my meltdown, um, you know, things changed, and I got moved out of my own room into a room, you know, a roommate situation, of which at least she's cool, she's a lot cooler than the last roommate, so, you know it's not it's not torturous, but it was still kind of a real slap in the face to have my own room for what a whole three days um clean it all up and everything from the past the other roommate and then just to be you know have to be moved again and um you know and even in a small place like this with you know very little possessions, moving is still extremely disruptive and um it was it, it, it really hurt me, you know, because, um, I had my own room with a view of the mountain, and, you know, it was kind of like, I guess it was a privilege for a couple days to not have a roommate, and not have that roommate, so, I mean, at least I have a better, a better situation now, and, um, I can sleep at night, you know, because she doesn't, like, snore like a freight train, and, you know, um, she's cool, and she's not in the room a lot, and neither of us are really in the room a lot, we're just too busy doing disciple-y things, um, but it's, um, I mean, for not having my own room anymore, it's it's the best situation that it probably could be. And, you know, I was planning on one of my friends from downstairs moving up and being my roommate. And, you know, I was getting all kinds of stuff ready for the room that we were going to share. And then it, the rug just got pulled out from under me. So, um, here goes a fire truck. So, um, you know, I mean, it's not the end of the world, truthfully. It was just a disruption and... I guess it's just a good lesson again that um you know, pre planning stuff too far ahead in any life, you know, is uh, is just fraught with disaster and uh, you know, um I'm not saying that like we shouldn't plan for doctor's appointments and we shouldn't plan to get our scripts and, you know, we shouldn't plan for vacation or we shouldn't um I don't even know if plan is the right word, but we shouldn't um we should not, we shouldn't not, we should, um, you know, prepare ourselves for things such as this. I don't know how to actually prepare yourself for a sudden upheaval of, um, of having to move, you know, um, I mean, for any of us, you know, it could serve as an eviction or I could, um, break one too many rules and be, um, put out of this place I'm staying at, or, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that happens, just upheavals, you know, I mean, I don't have a car, but, you know, you could lose your car, you could get it repoed, you could be in an accident, God forbid, you could, you know, there's all kinds of unexpected stuff that just pops up, and, you know, and you gotta deal with it, or you don't deal with it, which is not good, because as I'm discovering, the things that you don't deal with will eventually come back and bite you in the butt, um... You know, very recently I've been having dreams about Doc And now if you don't know who Doc is um, You can just go back to the first Actually go back to the first show Where I introduced myself Now that that's all changed And I should do a reintroduction But um, Doc was my dog I had him for 14 years And I never really grieved him When he passed away Because there was a lot of other stuff going on And then after he passed away um, You know, Christopher committed suicide And things just got really bad So... I never actually really grieved Doc. Now I grieved Christopher, you know, the best I knew how to at that time. I went to grief group and for nine months solid, every Monday. Oh my God, Monday morning grief group. Yeah, I listen back a year and you'll hear all about Monday morning grief group. And um, you know, and I thought that I was okay with Doc, you know. And then this, and this is all crazy, but this is the truth. I bought this humongous white tiger stuffed animal and um of course the stuffed animal i don't think the place i'm living in would really appreciate me having a real tiger all too much and um i I bought this life-size white tiger who um it doesn't look like doc but it's exact dimensions of doc the same big head you know the same length the same um stoutness you know the same girth and i mean it's no wonder i've been starting to dream about doc and um you know, not good dreams, dreams of not being able to find him, and dreams of seeing him run away, and dreams of him not returning, and, you know, and of course, he's deceased now for, I don't know, I'm really bad with time right now, it'll be two years in July, and, um, is that right? Yeah, two years in July, and, um, because Christopher's suicide will be two years in September, so I'm not, um, I didn't process it, you know? I just bounced from one trauma to another trauma to another trauma, and they all just kind of stacked. And now that I'm in a place where it's less... Um, well, there's no, there's really no trauma yet, but less stressful than what it was that I was doing before. Um, I guess my mind is just kind of like... It's just kind of letting it go, you know? And all these repressed feelings and memories and thoughts and... um grief are just starting to come out now. And I mean, I guess I'm in the safest place possible to do this. However, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but ultimately, you know, I'm in a place where people do care about me. 99% of them do. And, you know, they, they got my back as much as I fight them off. And they're, they're there for me when I am smart enough to ask for them to be there for me or, um, don 't even realize I need them to be there for me, and then you know I got people around me and you know it's it 's weird to me, so that 's kind of why i'm i 'm kind of just shirking it off because i don 't understand it, and I do not know how to accept it i guess it 's a really good way to put it and I just feel like i 'm in people 's way a lot of the time in that i'm in that i 'm a problem and that i 'm um Did I say in the way? Yeah, I feel like I'm in the way a lot. And, you know, like a burden on people. And it's funny because I can't tell you how many times I've had to assure people that they're not a burden on me living here. And that I really, really don't mind listening to them or helping them or whatever it is that, you know, they need. Excuse me. You know, and I'm not just talking chores and all that kind of, you know, physical like stuff physical labor stuff that I can do but you know just listening to people is huge and not talking over them and not formulating what I'm going to say prior to them finishing what they're saying you know and I guess that's actually an art and I, I I've i not mastered it but I definitely you know have some skills in listening to people so um that's kind you know, and, and I, I never want people to feel burdened when they're, you know, dumping their shit, like, you know, that they need to, and, um, so I don't know why I feel like I'm a burden on people when I do the same, um, which I don't, I rarely do, but this time around, I got kind of, I don't want to say forced into, but kind of forced into, um, letting people know what was going on, and, um. You know, I got put on watch, not like a strict watch, but I know I was being watched because I told you guys I stopped eating and I wasn't sleeping well and I was just irritable as could be and, you know, all signs of a really heavy depression and I didn't want to admit it because, you know, I didn't want to admit a lot, okay? I mean, I didn't want to accept the fact that Christopher's deceased and he's never going to be here for another birthday, mine, his, anybody's, he's gone, you know and the reality of that is um harsh to say the least you know because it's easy to pretend that we're not friends anymore so we're not talking or that he's on a vacation and we can't talk or you know any other denial thing about why he's not here but the truth is, he's deceased, you know, and he committed suicide. And that's a hard pill to swallow, too, especially when I do this show, right? And I'm urging everybody to stay alive and get help and all that. And then the person I love the most in this world goes and commits suicide. And it was kind of... I don't even know how to explain it. It was kind of like a slap in the face and kind of, like, made me really look at myself hard as to why he wouldn't want to come and tell me. But, I mean, there's another story to that, you know, and I was... I was um, I was unavailable at the time because I was in a, a horrible situation myself where I'd been abducted and was being trafficked. So, you know, there's that. But, yeah, so so, see what I mean? So it's like I can go around in circles on this for, like, years and never really get to the answer that I want to have That that I don't know what the answer is because I don't really know what the question is. Why did he commit suicide? Because he was addicted to something and he was having a hard time and he felt like he was alone and he was scared because he was a man and he uh he was ashamed and he was he was ashamed you know and he maybe felt like he was selfish asking people for help when everybody else was in so much shit and I mean I honestly don't know and I never will know until you know I passed the great divide and we hook back up again in heaven and he can tell me what the pain was that he was experiencing and That I couldn't have done anything even if I had been available to him. I mean, that's the answer I'm looking for. Maybe that's the truth. (laughs) You know, and as far as Doc, um, you know, he was 14 and he had a great life. And I have so many memories of him that I've blocked. And I still can't look at pictures of him yet or peanut either, but I especially can't look at pictures of Doc, and then this, the thing is, and I think this is what triggered that dream, is that, you know, good old Google Photos, um, it, it just does a lot of stuff, right, and it brought up, my taking pictures of the new tiger whose name is Duchess, by the way, and um, it was like similar pictures, and I just glanced at it, and it was Doc, right, laying on my bed, same position, same big body, same huge head, and it was just like... Oh my gosh, you know, I bought the tiger version of Doc, not even Well, first of all, I bought it off of Amazon, so I really had no idea how how well, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know how big it was going to be. And um I had no idea how lifelike it was really going to be. I mean, cuz pictures, you know, pictures online when you buy stuff are often fabricated and, you know, they're not they're not exactly what you're buying. Well, in this case, it was exactly what I was buying and uh, um It just reminds me a lot of... She reminds me a lot of Doc. And, you know, I'm just trying to figure that maybe this is God's way of helping me heal from him, you know, so that I don't have that extra grief on top of the grief of Christopher and the grief of um, having been trafficked, which I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around and actually admitting to the fact that I was kidnapped and um, trafficked by somebody that I loved who obviously didn't love me. And no, it was not Christopher because I would... I tell you that, it was not Christopher, it was Scott, you know, and if you go back into the old shows <laughs> and listen to, like, Dumbest in the Room, and, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the other show that I did about him, but Dumbest in the Room is one of the best ones to explain the whole Scott situation, and, um, you know, and, uh, man, life is a mess sometimes, so anyway, I really don't know what I'm trying to get at, um, I mean, I'm better. You know, wind so excuse any you know I'm better than I was last week but I'm still somewhat discombobulated the room move um really kind of slowed my roll for a minute you know but I've kind of got everything it's a smaller room okay I'm in a tighter space but there's advantages to it and I have a different window view I don't get my mountain anymore but now I can watch the parking lot and see when the mailman comes so you know there's that and um I'm not gonna say the other advantage of it because anybody, who I don't want any of the people who live there listening to the show know some of the other advantages that I have in the room I moved into. But needless to say, um, there are advantages to it. Um, so there's that, and you know, so change. You know, I, I really, some change is good. Okay, now like this sudden. Just all of a sudden change. That's what change is, right? Otherwise, it's plan, right? So, ah, uh, man, you know, just I, you know, I used to be like the spontaneous girl, and now it's just like spontaneity, just kind of really freaks me out. And I'm hoping, as I get more settled, even right. I keep saying that I've been here since September, October, and um, I still don't really feel settled. You know, I've been in the discipleship program now for. I don't know six weeks something like that and I still feel like I don't know anything I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just I'm just like I feel I've just feel ignorant a lot of the times you know because I really honestly don't know what I'm doing and people I not I feel like sometimes people just expect so much of me because you know I am intelligent and I do pick up on stuff quick but there's just some stuff that I just am, I'm struggling with, you know, I'm still try. I'm still struggling with time management, you know, I mean, like right now, instead of doing this, sitting on a rock near the mountain, but not on it, because it's just so windy today out here and walking up the mountain in the boots I'm wearing would be, um, super painful, truthfully on my feet. So I'm halfway, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. It would probably take me five minutes to get to the top of the mountain, but I'm not going to do it today because the wind, um, but uh I could be sitting here doing homework instead which is actually illogical cuz the wind would make it impossible to do anything with papers right now but you know what I'm saying I mean it's like I could actually I don't know what I could do today it's Sunday like the library is not open um I I don't know where the local coffee spots are to go to that will let you just sit there you know for hours and um just nurse a coffee I haven't figured that stuff out yet I, you know, I would normally just go to the mountain and, you know, but anyway, like, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, time management is hard when you get bumped out and then you have nowhere to really go. And because I'm a disciple, not that I could get a job anyway, because it's social security, but, you know, I can't, there's a lot of things I can't do due to the discipleship that other people are like expected to do, which are time killers, you know, and I don't really have them because I you not allowed to work in the discipleship program, not that I could anyway, I'm allowed to volunteer, however, there's only so many volunteer opportunities that, you know, would fit the schedule I'm on with the discipleship, so it's kind of like a huge catch-22, and for anybody in, from where I'm living at listening to this, I love discipleship, okay, I love it, I love the experience, I love the fact that I'm receiving an education that I could not, I literally don't think I could get anywhere else without, like, doing eight years of eight years of school um I'm proud to be a disciple and humbled so I mean there's that and I I don't wear it like a badge of honor but I wear it like um how it's not a badge of honor because that's like so not humble but it's like um I try to wear it everywhere I go without saying that's what I am you know, by example, I really desperately try that. Last week was a total anomaly. I was just not okay last week. But I still feel as if I, you know, wore the wore the appearance of a disciple by not, like, by not... By not overpowering people with the trouble that I was going through, except for the people that, like, really needed to know, like, my new roommate and um, a couple members of the staff and stuff like that who, you know, read me like a book for the most part. So there was no hiding the fact that I was in a really, really bad frame of mind last week. So, you know, I again, I'm not sure. I'm really distracted by the trains today because I'm sitting by the trains and they are busy today. There are a lot, a lot of trains going by here. You know, so, um, they just had a meet. So, I mean, this is like, this is like the sixth or seventh time that there's been, I've been sitting here that there's been two trains go by side by side. And it's super, super busy today. I don't know what is up with the moving of cargo. And I hope it doesn't have anything to do with the war. Um, but one never knows. Uh, so... I keep losing what I'm trying to actually, the point I'm trying to get to, because I'm not sure that there is a point, um, so today was Sunday school, and, you know, you know, I love that, I, um, I think I'm a natural-born teacher, you know, and these kids, these kids I'm teaching, there's... Okay, so this isn't the first round for me teaching Sunday school. Back when I lived in Lakeside, I taught Sunday school there for his kids. But these the kids that I taught there were, um, I don't know how to put this, a little more, a little less traumatized. Okay, let's see. It at a little more affluent, most part, a little more stable in family and things like that. Now these kids I'm teaching now. A lot of them are coming off res the reservation reses we call a res there 's lots of reses out here because there 's lots of different um, tribes families clans i don 't know what the p c word is to say it um, so if i just if I just butchered it guys i 'm sorry um, but um, there 's a lot of native uh, indigenous peoples here, and um, these kids see a lot, and these kids go through a lot and you know it 's like it's kind of puts stuff in perspective because here I am being all upset about you know having to move a room, I have a room, having to do chores i have a I have a roof, having to do homework I have a choice you know um, having to pick up other people 's chores, I have responsibility you know um, and I have grace and i 'm allowed to do service to people who God only knows what's happened to them before they come into this place. Who I don't know. I don't. I do not know half the stories of these ladies that I'm living with, and I think I'm okay with that because I think it would just break my heart. But these kids are coming in and 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 they're broken. You know. I mean, thank God they're at church. I mean, thank God that they have responsible human adults in their lives that I see fit to bring them to church because I'm starting to understand from just a few weeks in I'm doing this, that this is the only reprieve some of these kids got is coming to church, which I know it doesn't sound to somebody that's like, oh my gosh, going to church. What it, you know, that's awful. And I, I'm I'm going to say for some kids, yeah, church is, church is like punishment, right? Because that's the way that it's treated. But for these kids, you know, and I noticed this, something happened today in, in class. Well, first of all, um, I could tell the kids were hungry because, you know, we give them crackers or give them um, animal crackers with penguins, cool, and juice, and um, they just devoured it. They just devoured it and asked for seconds, and we just brought the whole thing of animal crackers out for them so that they could have as many as they wanted to without having to be embarrassed by asking for it. So I know they're hungry, um, and and they're they're hungry for attention, but they're scared right and I can see that I can feel that and it takes them a little while to um, warm up to me and I suppose I have this eye thing where it's more than a lazy eye it's almost atrophied so I know it's it it looks freaky and that's why I never look in the mirror but I know it looks freaky and you know um the kids that the kids that have been with me for a little while it's no biggie to them; they know what it's all about, but the new kids that come in, I always have to you know talk to them about it and give a little explanation as to what happened and then we're cool, so they're not shy to ask about that, which is really interesting um, that's really interesting. I just thought about that anyway so um so they warm up to me and they trust me, which is good and bad, right? And again, very humbling that these kids who, who don't really—I mean, I guess they have some adults they trust, but I don't know to what extent. But me, they trust. So today, one of the kids said a prayer, which just busted my heart wide open. Um, it just made me like sit back for a minute and and just and just go, stop it, you know? Why stop what you're doing? You have it. So good, and you know, as I blurted out last week, I am in a homeless shelter, but I'm in the discipleship program. Which okay, so I'm still in a homeless shelter, but I'm guaranteed at least a year if I don't, you know, screw up and get written up and do dumb shit. Um, I'm guaranteed a year to pull it together, save money, and you know, um, get it. I don't know what I want to do ultimately when this is done, but you know, become a missionary or um. I don't know, become staff maybe, or there's so many numerous things that I could do or become after this is over, you know, and here I am griping about having to move from one room to another where I have free heat and free water and free food and free resources and, you know, I have to do a couple chores here and there to, to keep it you know like and compared to running bear where I was going broke and couldn't keep stuff up and was cold and was hungry and you know had had to do horrible ways to stay hygienically clean and you know was scared for my life and scared for the I mean the whole nine yards so um you know this is legitimately like cake you know and I'm just being a baby, you know, and these kids today with the prayer that they, and I'm not going to say what it is because it was a prayer, you know, it broke my heart. It just literally broke my heart, and it's all about perspective, right? So some of us got it harder than others, okay? I might be talking to other homeless people who listen to the show um, who have it way worse than I do because I have a beautiful place I live in. I live in an $8 million mansion, you know, or more depending on... The realtor that you talk to in, you know, in in a really in in a really safe section of Flagstaff, Arizona, and um, I have want for literally nothing. I have you know free clothing, free hygiene items, free food, free hot water, free electric, free 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 to do, you know, chores here and there and pick up extra chores. Okay. And my, and and my service to the house and 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 I complain about it when there's kids that are literally. Life or death situations where they're living at, heartbreaking situations, losing family members, and, um, you know, and, and, and and just all kinds of trauma, and it's just, it's just all wrong, the cutest dog just ran by, what a cute baby, he's gorgeous, anyway, um, these people are running, they gotta be freezing, I don't even know how they're doing it, anyway, um, (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so it's like the perspective is everything. And I know that some of you all are a little less far on your journey with the bipolar than I am or whatever your diagnosis is. And um, I give you guys kudos for just getting up every day, you know, putting on clean pajamas, maybe getting to the shower, taking your meds, staying compliant. I give you guys all the credit in the world because I remember before... I mean, this is just even recent now that I'm just staying compliant on all my stuff, you know. And, um, it was hard. It was hard to do it. And every baby step you make today leads to a bigger step tomorrow. Oh, my gosh, the wind. And, um, you know, it all counts. And just be grateful for the little things. I know that for some of you, it's like, what are the little things? I want to die. I, I, there's no, there's nothing, right? Well, there's a lot of something. First of all, you are alive you are here for a reason you mean something to me if not anybody else in the whole wide world you are a person and I genuinely authentically care that you stay alive okay um if you need to get a hold of me my instagram is always available dancing with bipolar um you can always email me at dancing bipolar at yahoo.com there's a website dancing with bipolar.com which I need to actually um I need to do some work on that baby, and I'm gonna try to um, time manage some time to get that, to get some, to, to get that updated and stuff over the next couple weeks. Actually, um, got, yeah, I've got some time coming up where I can block out to do that. Um, but if you're ever feeling like you are, you are, you are just not significant or viable or important. Um, Hit me up, okay. Just the act of hitting me up will you'll know that you are important because I will respond to you. Maybe not immediately because you know things get jacked up, but I will absolutely respond to you in some way, shape, or form. And you know, if you can't wait, please call 911 or suicide hotline and wherever it is that you were living in. And I will get those resources back up on the website ASAP because they had them on the old website which disappeared and. It was a lot of work, but I'm hoping that I actually have a screenshot of it somewhere in all my gazillion photos. um, And I could just recreate it. Although, I'm sure by this time that some of the numbers are updated in new countries. And, um, oh, by the way, hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I was going through the demographics the other day, which I rarely do. And the amount of countries that I am being listened to was just, like... It just blew my mind. Um, So welcome to everybody. Hello. I wish I knew how to say it in all the languages. um, But again, I'm ignorant in a lot of things. And um, I could say it in a few, but then it wouldn't be fair to the rest of you. So I'm just going to say hi, howdy, welcome to the posse. Everybody counts here. We all ride together and we all ride strong, okay? And if one of you falls, we all stop to get you, okay? So there's nobody left behind here. If you're a member of the posse... You ride with me right up front. Okay. And believe me, when I'm falling behind, you guys pick me up. Okay. And and I'm serious. And that's the way that this works between us. This is... We're all in it together. Anyway, I've jibber-jabbered here for a long time about absolutely nothing. I just looked at the time on this and I'm like, whoa, what is going on? So, um, I guess I had a lot more to say than I thought I did. There might be a catch-up show sometime this week. I'm not sure. Um... I'm not sure, but I have a feeling like there's something more that I'm supposed to be saying to you all that I'm just not remembering to say. So, um, you know, look for a Wednesday show, maybe. And besides the fact that it is windy and I'm going to start walking back because now that I talked to you guys for um, like 100 hours, um, it's a lot closer than time might get back into the building. All right. So, um,. And just remember that each of you counts to me, okay? If you don't feel like you matter to anybody else, remember that you count to me, and I want you to be alive for the next show, okay? So this is Dawn Shireen. this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar, and hey, let's all stay alive, okay? Later! Hi, this is Dawn Shireen of Dancing with Bipolar. As we all know, COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease, however. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including your mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from other sick people, except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit CDC.gov slash COVID-19. That's cdc.gov slash c-o-v-i-d-19. Thank you.